vampires. You're listening to Witch House Police Radio. <laughs> <laughs>
200 new bands every single year. It's ridiculous. Yeah. And 50 of them make the cut after six months because after six months they're like, well, I don't want to play shows anymore. Yeah, 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 yeah. And then they all start forming bands within uh, themselves. Yeah. And then, like, it's Yeah, just... you think you saw the band last week and it's just like two, three of the same guys and then yeah. one extra guy and exactly. it's totally different. Yeah. 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 But it sounds the same. Yeah. Don't you play with? It's like, yeah, I do. Yeah. <laughs> also, yeah, as well as. Yeah. But that's not my main focus. My main focus like is. That guy just, Ripley from Beast. He's in like four bands. It's all people Drummer four like hardcore, like. Yeah. Thrash bands, like that's insane. Well, I had uh, you know Clipwing, that punk band. Mm. I had those guys on the show, and like between them, there was like fifteen bands. There was four guys. Oh like my God. It was just, they were listing off all the bands. There. It was ridiculous. That's so dumb. I mean, like, <laughs> like, 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 I, I've been there, I've been there, and I get it, because, yeah. like, you want to support you the do, yeah. scene, you want to yeah. support your friends' ideas, you want to do all the stuff. Well, if you have ideas that you really want to get out there, too, right? Yeah, mm-hmm. but in the end, like, my friend Pat put it best. He said, if, okay, like, you can do a bunch of things really well. Yeah. Or you can do one thing great. Yeah, totally, yeah. You know what yeah. I mean? Yeah. And, like, David Sweatman taught me that, I guess, years ago, too, when he was talking about it. I was like, oh, I want to jam with you. He was in Red Say No at the time, right? Okay, yeah. And like, I want to jam. And he was like, nope. And when I'm in a band, like, that's who gets me. No yeah, else. yeah. And I was like, what? Not even for fun? He's like, not even for fun. I was like, okay. And I was just like, what are you, fucker? Like, that, that's so shitty. <laughs> yeah. And then after Red Say broke up, we jammed. And it was, you know, like, I got my rocks off. It was great. But I didn't understand it until I had, like, a project that I loved myself. Yeah, totally, yeah. Yeah. So. Well, you don't want to, you, you don't want the other thing to become awesome, and then it takes time away from your, your primary. <laughs> well, there's that too. There's that. There's always that possibility yeah. for sure. I think I think things just eventually lack in certain areas when you're when you're so spread out. I mean, yeah. you can be a great musician and be competent in all that you're doing, but I think that the more you put on your plate, just everything suffers totally. eventually because of that. Oh, yeah. Whether that's like not being able to put in the time to certain bands, the the creative energy into certain bands, or even this one one band wants to tour, or the other bands maybe don't, or you know, yeah, definitely, yeah. things yeah. to start to or they can't, so. or whatever, yeah, exactly, yeah, they just can't. Yeah, yeah. Actually, I know, yeah, there's like one group of kids in the city, and they've like latched themselves onto like the talent of the group. You, yeah, you can see like they're just like burning this guy out. Yeah, yeah. They've, made him, <laughs> they've made him a part of every band of theirs. Yeah, it's like oh, I'll bring this guy in, and he'll like he'll do good things, and of course, because he's naturally like, gifted yeah, yeah. and composer and like everything. But I haven't seen that guy around in a while. Yeah. <laughs> too much, like, yeah. Too, too much, you know, yeah. yeah. it's like, why would I help people who can't do this themselves? Yeah, yeah, totally. All right, well, we're here on Which Please Radio. <laughs> um, that's a really good uh, long intro there. Um, I'm your regular host, Sam, again. And uh, as usual, lately, I'm on location, you know, recording uh, on, I'm not on the road because I'm always in Winnipeg, but at someone's house. And I'm here with both members of Vampires, and both of you guys have been on the show before. Hello. Yeah, but hello. maybe just we want to introduce yourself so people can put a name to the voice. Oh, you're listening to David Dobbs. And? And this is Matthew Powers of Vampires. And, uh, and, and also of Midnight Review Presents, which we Wee. want to talk about as well on this, oh, on this show. Yeah, but yeah. Um, as far as Vampires go, I mean, I think it was more than a year ago that you were on this show. Yeah, yeah. It was, it's been a just, while, right? Just as we were like a, reuniting, reforming, revamping. Yeah, right, right, revamping. Was it, <laughs> was it October? I feel like we were on the October episode. It was just before Big Fun, so it probably would have been oh. more like January. I think it was the winter, yeah. It was okay. winter. I wasn't even there for, I, I wasn't even there yeah, for that yeah. one. But well, yeah. it would be January, though. Yeah. Well, anyways, a while ago. You guys premiered the first premiere ever of like a, brand, a song we hadn't even really Yeah, that was cool. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, 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 yeah. totally. 
first time we ever played it out of the out of the jam space. Cool, too. and you played that at the Blanket Fort, which is no longer <laughs> no longer a venue. Uh, John's That's moved true. out of that house, but oh no, yeah, which is too bad because that was an awesome place for doing. Yeah, doing for shows, sure. But, that was fun. But had, so your, your tape wasn't even out yet then. It wasn't even close to out, right? At that point, like no, we put that tape out the end of May. Yeah, May thirty first. The tape was an afterthought after we'd gotten together and realized we could stand each other, and David wanted right. me to be in the band and all that sort of stuff. And then we were like, well, we guess we better do something, and you know, right. So for like a bit of background, I mean, Vampires existed as a thing, a two-piece, a few years ago, and then came back as a new two-piece. Yonks yeah. ago. A new piece. A new piece. <laughs> a new piece. No, exactly like Matt said, we could stand each other, and we were writing songs, so we decided to, you know, cement that idea, I think, between us. Like, at the time, I feel like it was a marketing thing. Like, <laughs> let's, let's show them who we are now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But... Yeah, you look back on it, it's a year. I think we were showing ourselves who we were then or what we were trying to accomplish together. At least proving to ourselves that we could write songs together, record them well, and put on a show type of thing. I mean, we had to... And in that sense, it's been a very successful year. Yeah. Like, I feel very positive, optimistic, and like... All the other cliche things that you only feel when it's actually what is actually happening. Yeah, 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 totally. <laughs> well, I mean, I was thinking about it when I was, you know, getting ready to, to talk to you guys. I was just looking at some reviews of your EP, and it seems like everything is like super positive. I mean, I didn't see anything that was even like waffling a little bit. It was all just like this is amazing. And, like it was. Yeah, I, I'm blown away by the response of a four song cassette. Yeah, yeah, totally. That we did ourselves over three days in a place, you know that. We just yeah. had free reign on kind of thing. Yeah, we've, we've had great reviews. People have had great things to say about it. We kind of cherry-picked one review out of them because it was a little picky about certain things that were yeah. just of the person's opinion or whatever. But, I mean, yeah, overall... I mean, it seems like it's like universally acclaimed or whatever. Like, <laughs> it's ridiculous how much kind of acclaim we've gotten yeah. for something that we kind of put out and we're kind of like, oh, my God, really? This is just something to put out to like let people know we're back at it. Yeah, right. I think I, I can't tell if it's like a Winnipeg thing where there was like a lull in the scene that year and like <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. some filler or it's just like an anticipation of like what people want to happen, which yeah. is us to play songs and shows and stuff like that. Yeah. Like it feels like there's a want to bring it back where there was and it's still there. Yeah. Um, like our new record is the strongest recording we've ever done i think as individuals and as vampires the new 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 one that no one's not out yet yeah it's not out when's that is that like even just some distant time in the future or is it actually (laughs) july august oh yeah so it's actually like on the horizon yeah yeah this summer fall at the latest hopefully as soon as possible because we've gotten money to do this so oh nice nice (laughs) that helps (laughs) we need to do it on a timeline of some sort is that a full length or yes it will be that's cool it'll be nine songs equivalent to a full length it's, uh, yeah, and plus all the little gizmos. Yeah. It's probably like 11 tracks. In-betweeners cool. and Wait, you do skits? Like a hip-hop album? <laughs> yeah. No. There's going to be some, like, bank-robbing skits. Yeah. yeah. Just sort of some lead-ins and some lead-outs. Some, some, yeah. There's a bunch of stuff, yeah. So, and you guys have a bunch of, like, you're, you're going on the road soon, right? You're playing uh, Sled Island? And, yeah, yeah. Uh, we were lucky enough to get invited to Sled Island. That's, I mean... That's huge. That's top for us. That's, 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 that's like one of the biggest things I've ever. It's a big festival, yeah. Ever done. I mean, I am a sled fan. It's so Dobbs' like, mecca, so I mean, he's, he's <laughs> practically going home here. Like you know, how everyone like talks about folk festival. It's yeah. like the Winnipeg thing. Yeah. When I went to sled for the first time in 2012, 13, I just like I was just like I'm never going to folk fest again. Yeah. Like, it is straight up a boring event it compared is. to what Sled Island has to offer. And like for that matter, Sled Island taught me that 
outdoor festivals are boring in general. Like, why would you be like, oh, I saw my favorite guitarist's elbow while yeah, some yeah, guy elbowed yeah. me in the ribs for yeah. four hours while I waited and pissed, and pissed myself in line. Like, yeah. <laughs> it's, just, it's, it's not rock and roll, whereas yeah. sled is like in venues, low yeah. ceilings, people are spilling beer on you, and they're buying you one at the same time. Well, it seems like that's almost more of a thing that happens now is that there's festivals that are happening in like a bunch of different venues where they're supposed to where they should be because, because yeah because i mean the folk fest like i know a lot of people like the folk fest and i don't want to shit on it too much because i do it a lot but like <laughs> i really don't like the folk festival and it's not because of the i like the idea of it a lot but i've never enjoyed it yeah. i've never been there and had a good time for sure for sure i don't like crowds first of all so like that sucks. <laughs> but like you know i would feel way more comfortable and it's you hear this like big open air sound which works for some people but just doesn't work at all for others and it's like and maybe if it was you know like traditional japanese flute music yeah. in a big stadium that would sound awesome it would sound like cool, carrying yeah. across the wind yeah like, like, i you know, guess it's, it's probably made for that right it's it, it, it's not music i want to hear like yeah. blasted across yeah. the cosmos well, yeah uh, yeah I, I i'm not a big folk fest advocate either i don't particularly care for it i've been and it wasn't my place but yeah to people who love like, it yeah. that's fine oh yeah that's totally there's a, there's a reason it's so successful yeah, yeah for sure i mean people like the community of getting together but it's turned into its own kind of yeah. thing of whatever, you know, being a party, open air party. Like the oh, campground is honestly my personal hell. It's like the, that's I, just the, the party. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, like, I like the party. We like the party. Like we love rock and roll. Like we're drinking beers, we're hanging out. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, but it's, Folk Fest is like mutated, man. Yeah. You know, whereas like when you see festivals like Sled and Kazoo and even Big Fun here. Big Fun is a good example. Yeah. You know, totally. like they, they, they bring it back to the essence of like, you're there to see some bands that you want to see, to yeah. hang out with some people you want to hang out with, not some pseudo understanding of what it is to be liberal and free for five days and then go back to your concrete. Yeah. You know, yeah. it's just, it's not. For sure. Well, you don't have to sleep there either, right? You can... <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's a big sell for me. Actually, we are super lucky at Sled. We have so many good friends. Uh, shout out to you, 36, uh, Power Buddies, uh, like everybody in Calgary right now who's helping us out. Yeah, yeah. And there's a bunch of local bands going too, right? It's not there's even six, eight, eight Winnipeg six. bands going. It's a lot. Eight, yeah. eight. Okay, Us, Vampires, Domestic, Tunic, Conduct, Pop Crimes, Dead Ranch, and the Zorgs going. The Zorgs and cats knocking over microphones. Oh good. Oh god, who's the eighth band? They're gonna kill me. They're gonna kill us. I don't know. Somebody else. <laughs> Yeah, somebody else. Yeah, those are all pretty good. Those are all really good Sorry, bands. Like, that's, that's a good. That's a good lineup of Winnipeg. Dead I mean, Ranch is all. Dead Ranch is phenomenal. They're all I don't so know good. This is gonna air. It's gonna air past Thursday. But I know yeah. Dead Ranch is opening up for Fu Manchu. Really? Oh wow! Yeah, oh, shit. At Dickens Pub, which is like just crazy. What for Sled? Yeah, that's oh, a perfect wow. lineup yeah. right that's, there. That's, like, huge, that's yeah. amazing. Yeah. Yeah. They've they've seemed to have taken like a weird slice of Winnipeg in the sense of like mo- at least what gets a lot of attention in Winnipeg Dead or Manitoba is. Our folkier, oh, bluesier, definitely, definitely, kind yeah. of side yeah. where it's and this is the noisy side they're taking. With the, them, they've taken the the biggest slice of noise pie they could yeah, possibly have taken from Winnipeg yeah. for sure, and they're showcasing it on a national level, well, which is completely. Canada was supposed to play last year. They got flooded out, yeah, or last yeah. two years ago, right? Mm-hmm. And then, like, I mean, we, Winnipeg has always been represented, but I don't think it's ever been represented this well. Yeah. Where yeah. people are like, there's a lot of bands that made it through, you know, because. Uh, there's a lot of bands from Vancouver, and there's a lot of bands from Calgary, but from Winnipeg, I, I've never seen this large yeah. of, a, of a migration out west, so to speak. Yeah, it's cool. Yeah, I'm just super pumped to uh, get in everyone's face and like, let's show them how Winnipeg is. You know, we're fun. <laughs> no, we're fun. We're noisy. 
or noisy. sloppy. Fun. Yeah, noisy. Yeah, that, that's the kind of a lot of those bands like noisy, sloppy, <laughs> really raw sort of sound. Yeah, yeah that's cool. Sure. Yeah. And that's the good thing about Winnipeg, though. There's lots of bands like that. Like, it seems like every kind of generation of bands, there's a few that do that kind of thing. Like, you know, really yeah. like, fuzzy and dirty and grimy. Yeah, mm. I think domestic out of, like, all of these, as much as some of the bands are newer or yeah. have been around or, like, recently Domestics incarnated in the last couple of years, here. domestic are, like, the babies of this whole kind of thing going out. They, they've, they've just played their first couple of shows in the last month, and uh, they have, a, like, a three-song EP out right now. And it's actually really fantastic. So, like, if bands are getting into something like Sled Island based on, like, their music alone, I yeah, think yeah. that's that's a really cool That sign. is really cool, yeah. Yeah. Because could they really don't have a track record apart from being in other bands maybe before. So, like, totally. Um, it's nice to see, like, the younger generation of bands that are influenced maybe by us geezers or whatever like still playing music or they have played music in the past yeah, yeah, you know yeah. like awesome. they're, they're, they're taking that and making it their own yeah it's so really cool it's really fun so uh, if people haven't heard the show before the way this works is uh, we have a random theme word that we just press a button on the computer gives us a word and uh, the hosts and guests uh, choose songs that relate to the theme so this week we got a strange one which was Wrench which you know is, I mean it's Wrench. a lot <laughs> Strange, but fairly obvious at the same time. Well, do you have something you wanted to play then that fits with the wrench theme? I actually found a lot of things that I'm really into that fit with it. Okay. Apart from, like, as soon as you type wrench into a friggin' internet, monkey wrench is the only thing that pops up. Yeah, (laughs) Yeah, it is. It ruined that word for everybody. That's true. But I made actually a list of some very cool stuff that I found that, whether it's literal wrench or, like, wrench the tool or, like, you know, there's the... Every single there's there was about a dozen Cannibal Corpse songs that were about ranches as weapons or ranches. Oh yeah, <laughs> ranching in trails that. out of yeah, people. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, ranch as a verb, so like nice. Oh, I, I, I so what do you want to just go go with one first here? What did you? What's your uh, what's your number one choice on the list? Number one, well, their personal personal favorite band of mine, uh, a, a Canadian band called Chore, okay. and they never really got their time in the sun, which was a damn shame because they were just fantastic, um, and. Uh, yeah, their song is called uh, Dura Runes, I believe, and it's it it's mostly just lyrical based. I think the the lyrics in it are something about uh, wrenching something or whatever, you know, <laughs> like throw a wrench in something, throw a wrench in the works, yeah, or yeah, something yeah. cliche like that. But uh, yeah, they're just a really favorite band of mine. I, I found them a long time ago when I was a kid on. Uh, what was it? it was like power 30 at the time or something like that or whatever they had before loud you know they yeah, played yeah, them yeah, on yeah. they totally didn't fit because they weren't metal they weren't suicidal tendencies but they were heavy enough to be on something like that so cool
All right, we're back with vampires, and that was uh, Jorah Runes. <laughs> Something by Jorah? Sure. Yeah. It was by Jorah. Yeah, yeah. yeah, we yeah. totally yeah. just heard it, too. Where are those guys from in Canada? Um, they're from Ontario, like Oakville, or somewhere. Some rural municipality, Toronto. GTA area. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Where, like, a million bands are from, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. yeah, the name's familiar, for sure. I don't, I don't know if I were actually listen to them but I mean I think I knew of them you might have heard them on Loud or something like that back in the 90s yeah exactly or seen posters or something Did they, they must have come here right yeah they, they came here a whole bunch of times and it was it was really sad it was one of those bands that like as a kid you think are like you yeah. put them on this pedestal yeah. and you're like wow they're on Sonic Onion they made it they're awesome yeah, yeah, yeah. and you go see their show at the Pyramid and there's, there's 10 people there, there and you're like yeah. what is that what it's like oh man I think that still happens oh I, yeah totally I mean I think that's part of the reason that they eventually broke up was just the fact that they were trying for so long like they were banned for over a decade I think and like touring it out hashing yeah. it out put out three albums that didn't really get a lot of acclaim but yeah the people that did hear them, I think, really, really liked the music because it was really different and uh, like three-part vocal harmonies with this weird, heavy, angular music and like cool. yeah, that oh, was fun stuff. totally into choke. Choke, <laughs> Ontario, mid nineties. Yeah, yeah, it's choke. Almost the exact same name. Yeah. Totally, yeah. exactly. Yeah, I remember yeah. them coming out for sure. Oh, choke. I've never listened to Choke though, but that was really cool. That was cool. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so okay, so some of you guys probably get asked all the time. I don't know. I mean, I don't know. I haven't uh, listened to too many interviews with you or anything. I don't know how many you do, but I imagine the two piece thing probably comes up a lot, right? Or does it? People yeah, ask let, me, let me guess. You play bass. No, I, don't want to, I do. I can't you play bass. Be your bass. I can't. Play, I don't want to be your bass player. <laughs> I'm not even asking about that. But <laughs> I don't, maybe we should just scrap the question entirely. Yeah, that probably happens all the time, though, right? Someone, yeah. Can I play bass? Where's your bassist? Or you like, man, you guys would sound sick if you let me play bass when you were born. When you had a bass player. Yeah. So okay, well then the question, the obvious question, that is like, is it a conscious choice not to have a bass player? What is it about what you two are doing as a two piece that kind of fills in where people maybe would be expecting a bass like? Is that even part of it, or just this is what we play? This sounds cool together. We just do this. No, that's all very conscious. Yeah, um, it's it's about filling in the sound with the guitar to like to create like as if there were a bass. Like a lot of people, when they don't see the band that is here, yeah. they're like, "Oh, I thought I heard a bass," you know. And that's a very conscious effort to bring out the mids and the lows and the highs all together yeah. while trying to you know make it sound like an individual but you know cohesive thing. Um, I find. It was. It's more based on a working model, actually, as opposed to like a, a conscious decision to just have like two instruments. I mean, okay. like every once in a while, we're like, oh, a keyboard or a bass or you know, you know, like a horn or yeah. whatever, just like a third body to control music would be cool. But it's it's based on the idea of like, and I'll say this a million times: um, democracy is awesome. But getting stuff done is way better. Yeah, yeah, you know, it's way cooler to actually come up with an idea and put it through, as opposed to listening to all the good-hearted banter that comes with having individual ideas. You know, and like I love that. Like I, I was in five-piece bands, four-piece bands, three-piece bands. Like it yeah. finally whittled down to who do I trust? And <laughs> that's myself and the people that trust me. Right, right. And I think that who, like Matt is in the same boat of like what it comes down to is trusting myself and those that trust me. Once you had a third person, you get like weird little natural, you know, like um, allies and arguments. Yeah, 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 so you yeah. get weird little team ups, and like it's good to have a mediator, but it's also like, you know, 
you gotta you just gotta like talk it out, stick it through. And yeah, that, that that's a good thing or a bad thing. Whether it be like a good riff or a crappy idea, you're just like, okay, let's let's get through this. And right, you mean if there's a third person in there, two of you could be really into one idea, the other one's like, this is the wrong idea, and it, yeah, and like it's not that that person's wrong. I right, just don't but, want that person to be be or like to have to feel wrong. Or right, they're alienated. So from just the eliminate yeah, yeah. that conversation altogether. That's just two people who are making decisions, and that's that. That's, I think, the strongest team that yeah. has ever existed. You know, as far as actual Metallica and small entrepreneurs and all that stuff, like like d- d- duos are an, an effective dynamic uh, entrepreneurial wise. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that's just kind of where it came from. It was just like I want to like, and like I've been playing by myself for years. Like I have my own patterns and strums and like right. really obnoxious nerdy stuff that like. You know, it, I I I I would bring down a three piece. Or a three. <laughs> <laughs> You'd be that third wheel that's constantly yeah, 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 just yeah. noodling. You guys, why don't you do it this way? <laughs> That'd be cool if you could do it that way. Yeah. So, from an actual playing perspective, though, I mean, do you? Is it mostly in the tone, or is it mostly? Are you actually changing up the way you would normally play if you were in a three or four? Or five oh piece? yeah, oh yeah. This band has been such an experimentation the whole way through. I mean, like trying to figure out ways to make a full song using yeah, one, yeah, one yeah. guitar or yeah, one drum sure. kit you know, yeah. which is like at parts at like very frustrating because it's just like oh man I wish I could just hold down this one note and yeah, yeah. play this little ditty over yeah. top of it but you know it, it's it's not a sacrifice it's a, it's a compromise you know like all good things you compromise to get progress I guess yeah so as far as the drums too I mean is there are you trying to fill space that you wouldn't necessarily be filling or is that space not even there? Is I mean, is it? Um, I guess it kind of goes back and forth. I mean, uh, I can be a pretty uh, live, filthy kind of drummer, but at the same time, I think a lot of parts just require pocket ideas and yeah. pocket beats. So I mean, you can be you can be Superman playing all over the place, but if the part only really needs something simple to just carry the beat and the vocals are what people really want to hear. Right. Then I'm I'm all about that. I mean, I think we complement each other well in the sense that we do understand that we need to fill space as a two piece. Yeah. And we kind of take turns, or we do it together, or yeah. you know, we 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 complement each other well as opposed to just playing over top of each other and just whoever can be the fastest or the loudest or whatever. <laughs> yeah, you know, yeah, like yeah. I think the songwriting is 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 key in most parts. Or like we figure out if things aren't working, if something, if if you're you're you know strumming isn't working you know with parts we've, we've we've had songs where he was strumming power chords say yeah. for example and it's just like this isn't really working you know like pick that power chord for example and then suddenly it becomes a completely different song yeah yeah, yeah. and his the root note is suddenly something that it wasn't before and the strum is different and it just probably totally because changes. there's only one instrument so like you really understand like what it's doing like it's yeah. affecting the pacing you know it's affecting everything i think one of the coolest lessons I got in Vampires was when Nikki Buckle played drums and she was an awesome drummer you can talk like me things about the songs like, yeah. I never had a drummer call me out and be like hey you're off and I'm like what do you mean like I wrote this <laughs> yeah. and be like no 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 like finish the riff and yeah. she, like, she taught me some really cool theoretical stuff and about halfway through her learning the songs you know she stopped and was kind of like man I thought these were going to be like really easy songs but like they're just like they change yeah. every four bars like all the time into something and the drums are always changing too like like it's very organic I guess is the way to describe it like like when we hit the pocket together I think that's the part where people are like 
oh, this is like yeah, accessible. Yeah. But then we go off right away into our own understanding of like what we think a good time is. Well, I think there's something. I mean, I I see a lot more two piece bands lately. I don't know mm-hmm. what the reason is for it. I think there's maybe some bigger name two piece bands that have oh, yeah. existed, and but a lot of them are doing kind of this really really simple blues rock thing. Where, I mean, both the guitar and the drums are playing the most basic thing you can possibly imagine. Yeah. And it's very kind of like, yeah, this is a stomp going on, you know? But, like, there's not... Mm. I mean, I don't get that from you guys at all. From <laughs> what you sound like. I mean, it's not even close. I can't tell if that's, like, our ego or just, like, compensating for petty lives. But, I mean, <laughs> like, I, I think that the testament of what you're talking about, though, is that people just want to have a good time. Yeah. yeah. There's two people on stage who are yeah. having a good time. Oh, and that works for a crowd, yeah. And it works, yeah, exactly. Yeah. I'm not trying to, yeah, I'm not trying to talk shit about those kinds of No, I, I, I know what you mean, though. There is some shit yeah. to be talked about a little two bit, yeah. people <laughs> think it's okay to get up on stairs and just, or on stage and just like do the one, two, three, yeah. four. Yeah. Like, with a five-piece band, you can play in the pocket and kind of fade off in the background. With a two-piece, it's like, is that a choice, or are you just, are you bad at your instrument? Right. Mm-hmm. You know? And like for me, because like I I could be so much better, but I'm very good for how long I've been playing, and I just wonder like at, at what point were these people like, yeah, that's good enough. Yeah, and I'm like, oh, that's good enough. And it's like, ah, well, it's kind of the stigma. I, that I can do that. It's stigma. That, yeah, well, it, those bands have ruined two piece bands, in my opinion. And let's let's call them out. Let's say the White Stripes. And the Black Keys. Black Keys yeah. They have ruined two-piece bands because people now think the two-piece bands are Black just Black Keys are like a 18-piece blues band now, though. Oh, like are they? I don't even huge. know. Who cares? Like, like They're just I the most the, boring music ever. Yeah, I, just garbage. I think the Pack AD is so. really bad, but like I think her voice is amazing. Like Ever since they started working with a producer on um, Ghost Persons or whatever, I thought that was like a really good step in the right direction for them. But, like, I've never heard a drum fill or a snare roll yeah. in those bands. Like, I've never heard a... Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know? And it just... it. I feel like now is like it calls for that. Like, when, when you progress, when you put out a fourth album, it's good to let people know that you've been learning. Right, you're not still doing the exact same thing you, know, you did. Like, yeah, yeah. It, it, it's like a scientist put out the same paper in four years. We'd be like, oh, you're really good at, like, <laughs> at that one topic. Yeah, yeah. Like, you'd be fired. So, I, I don't know. That's a good point, yeah. I mean, at the same time, though, some of the best bands we all love have definitely gone from, like, crazy riffs to just, like, strumming, lo- like, l- lullabies. Yeah. But I think going somewhere is a lot better than just staying somewhere. Yeah. Yeah. No matter what it is. So. Cool. Well, let's get back to the wrench thing. Did you have something that you wanted to uh, Well, my, my choices were, like, I didn't... There's no of, wrong answers. I, I, <laughs> I didn't think of a wrench at That's, all. Yeah, okay. Because of uh, monkey wrench, like Matt brought up. Yeah, it's like, okay, it's not going to be a wrench. Yeah. But I like the concept of a monkey wrench, like putting like a cog in, or like a stick in the cogs in the machine, yeah, yeah, like yeah. throwing stuff down. Um, and also wrenching, like the gut wrenching thing. So um, when I think of a wrench in the machine, um, I think of Big Black. I think of the people involved and how they were involved in music and how they... This is the first thing the band I thought of too, actually. Big Black. <laughs> yeah? Yeah, yeah? Oh, that's crazy. Totally. That's great. Because yeah, yeah. like they really... Um, well, they sound industrial. Extremely. That's what. That's and, why I told so my connection. There is that yeah, metal. Yeah. You know, metal sounds like it's metal. made with tools. Yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. But also, you know, like their positioning in the music community, like they were. It's. It really feels like they were trying to throw a wrench in. Yeah. Totally. They were obviously. And not like for it. the sake of. For the sake of like, look, there's way more boundaries to step into, yeah. to step over, step like, yeah. like this is a cool format we found, but like it's gonna dry up. Yeah. You know, I, I really attribute that sort of thinking. So yeah, um, Songs About Fucking is my favorite album. Good album. 
uh, Pavement Saw was my favorite song, so I would choose Pavement Saw Perfect. by Big Black. I don't know much about Big Black in theory, except for like bits about Steve Albini. And uh, yeah. a handful of years ago, I watched uh, a documentary called American Hardcore, I believe it was called. I yeah. Like that was, I mean, I guess it kind of talked about like the pioneers, you know, of punk, hard, yeah. uh, Big uh, Big Black. Uh, well, covered everybody, really. Like, oh, yeah, yeah, sure. Adrian, the Germs, yeah, Bad like, yeah. just everybody. Yeah. Uh, Black Flag, all, all yeah, the hard hitters sense. for sure. Yeah, but yeah. they talked about Big Black like this anomaly in the punk scene that was just yeah. like these weirdos that would had this drum machine and like they were yeah. they were racist and homophobic yeah. and everybody was like all anti Big Black and it was I never really understood what the the hatred was for them that they presented in this documentary. So I was like, I have to check out yeah. this Big Black band and when I found out well, it was head by Steve great. Albini. Yeah, it was and then, mostly Steve Albini. And the fact is he... Trying he, to just get a rise out of people. Like, yeah, like yeah. he was putting sure, out yeah. a scene at the time that was like, just like, like, you, you, you'd still punch him out now. Yeah. Well, the <laughs> band he had after Big Black was called Rape Man. Yeah. Oh, like, no. like, I mean, it's, it's Which deliberately is in, trying to piss people off. That's now, pretty antagonistic, yeah. for sure. Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, like, <laughs> but I think that that's important. Like, I think that those sort of mentalities... Um, yeah, they're annoying, yeah. but they're they're really important to understanding why you think the way you do. You know, I mean, like happiness is just another guise of not being sad. You get down yeah. to it, or vice versa. So, 
you get people like you know Steve Albini pushing your buttons, and like the guy seems really smart. He's well he read, you know. So it's not like you can really be like you don't know what you're talking about. It's yeah. like, well, you're making an informed choice. Why the hell are you making that choice? Yeah, yeah exactly. I, I want to find out more about my making. Yeah, because yeah. if he was just an part. idiot who was ignorant, it would be you'd be, be able to tell, right? Yeah, yeah. you'd yeah. be like, okay, like, well, okay I'm going to ignore you, but you're like, why are you doing yeah. this? You, why do you want someone to punch you in the face? There's a reason for it. But you know, I think that's part of intellectualism. Well, even calling up to you to know if you want to. Yeah, you have to take some kind of things on a leap of faith, which is. Funny. Even the album title, though. Songs about oh, fucking. Yeah, like, yeah. I mean, that's in the cover. Like it's songs about fucking. Yeah, yeah. And it's, it's a great title. Like, and it's, yeah, because like you have all these, you know, these these bands coming and they're they're guising romance. Yeah, that's yeah. word again. But they're you know they're wrapping up romance and. and but they're songs about fucking. That's what it is. But songs about <laughs> fucking. That's yeah. all. It is. Yeah, totally. That's it's great. Good. Yeah, it's perfect. That band's so good. It's it's a good choice. Fits the. Oh, thanks. Just I love being an anomaly. Well, I think that like the good thing about the theme words is like. Depending on who it is, too. Like, you know, we. Yeah. I don't know what the theme word's going to be when I arrange for someone to be on the show. And sometimes it fits perfectly with a band. Sometimes it's like way. I mean, I had that, you know, a cult hand, mm. metal band? Yeah, yeah. Their theme was nutrition. Which <laughs> was amazing. It was like an amazing comp- combination. It's hilarious, right? Yeah. But I mean, yeah, it's like. So you have no idea which direction anyone's going to go in with the words. I mean, you, you know, often I can kind of assume, oh, these guys sound like this. They're going to pick all this kind of music. But no, right, it right. could be anything. Like, mm. I mean, you guys could have been like, let's listen to the Foo Fighters six times. You know? <laughs> <laughs> I love Monkey Bitch. Let's do it backwards. Yeah. Last time we got advertisement. You did, yeah, yeah, it yeah. Was, yeah. I was oh, throwing for a loop because I had no idea what to do. I mean, looking back on it now, I mean, there's a lot of different things I could do. And thank God we had... Uh, Daryl was there. The Yeah, Two, Peg City Groove guy. Yeah, 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 he, yeah, he, yeah, took, yeah. he took the reins for that one for <laughs> yeah. us, thankfully. He knew what the hell he was doing. Daryl's yeah. so funny. He always makes me feel so inadequate. Like, yeah. as like a person. He's an awesome dude. Well, his yeah. Bruce Springsteen knowledge is mind-boggling. That guy is like the biggest Bruce Springsteen fan yeah. I've ever met. He's yeah. a super fan. Like, uh, he is the boss's boss. Yeah, totally. Oh totally. God, yeah. 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 But I mean, I guess having been on the show before, too, you kind of had an idea how it works, right? You kind of were on the Well, spot. now. Yeah, yeah. Now, you, now you... Yeah, yeah. Before, it was like, whoa, where are they going to... How do they want us to answer? And yeah. now it's yeah. like... Let's just, just say whatever. Yeah. <laughs> as long well, as I can justify it. black relates to a ranch it does though. It does. I mean, that's the, like I said, <laughs> it does. That's what I thought of too. Uh, I was looking through my records. and like, oh, big black. But that's really funny. the more and more episodes I listen to, I mean, you know, some people make way further stretches than we have done. Oh yeah. So yeah, far, yeah, I mean, yeah. Yeah. So okay. the other thing I want to talk to you guys about is this other tape here, Midnight Review Presents, and this is your little. What is it? It's not a side project because it's been going on for a while. What, what do you What do you call it? It's my second passion, I guess. I don't know my my creative release when I'm not with a band or in a band or the garbage that I don't want to actually show anybody <laughs> and it's just the stuff I do by myself in my room you know it's deviant fucking behavior so. yeah 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 how long have you been doing it as under this, um, this name I guess was it 2015 uh, at least five or six years just since I've been in bands it, it was kind of started off as the material like I said I just didn't want to show anybody yeah not necessarily out of embarrassment but it just didn't necessarily fit the projects I worked with at the time so I would just kind of like all. I mean, all my life since I've been playing music, I've been pressing record on on, on like boom boxes that yeah. have a mic on it, so you can play your drums into something and listen back to what you sound yeah, yeah, like. Yeah. You know, so that's always kind of been just like getting better and better and get a four track, and then you learn how to do that. Yeah. And then my friend lent me his computer. He right. had a N track studio on his computer, so I learned how to use that, and that was real multi tracking the beginning of that, and not having to like 
bounce down after four tracks. Yeah, 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 yeah. You get that hiss after yeah, four tracks, yeah. and you do eight tracks, and it's inaudible. We did that when so. I was in uh, I was in a ska band in the nineties, Grandpa's Army, mm-hmm. and we, yeah, we, yeah. we did the four track demo with ten people. Oh, okay. oh it sounds like garbage. Just not, you know, it's just like so much hissing throughout, yeah. and, and then like the guitar for some reason is pitched. Like I was playing it, and when I played it, it was. Like it was right, <laughs> but it somehow got pitched up a little bit. So yeah, it's super yeah. high and it's like faster than it was. And it sounds like oh, it's awful. That's but just yeah. it. I mean, the, that that was kind of the beauty, like the the sick beauty of like recording on certain things like that, because your tape player might spin just yeah a second yeah. faster than the and next it just one messes up the whole you. Thing, yeah, yeah. You're suddenly yeah. recording in chipmunk mode the next yeah. time you play it back yeah. on something else, and it's just like that kind of struggle of like how to make yourself sound cool with what you have available yeah. to you, and that's kind of always been the struggle of. MRP is just like doing it as cheaply, as quickly, as improv, as like off the cuff as possible. Yeah. But trying to make it sound cool still at the same time. So I like the horror movie kind of uh, like comic books, uh, you know, uh, what's it called? Tales from the Crypty kind of mm. vibe of the, of the art and everything. Yeah, for sure. So is, is it the same people who worked on both of the tapes you have now then? Or is it. Uh... It's kind of always changing into who I can finagle into doing some stuff on my album i mean i'm lucky enough to know a lot of incredibly talented people so um the first album which was more just like rock and roll kind of tunes yeah. was me and then beyond my skills of being able to play leads and solos and stuff on songs i would ask people to help me with that and then this album is more just a mix of like bizarre instruments that I yeah i heard buy. something online it was pretty weird <laughs> yeah exactly i mean it's I have kind of a bizarre addiction to like buying terrible keyboards from Valley Village. So like the worst crappy that it looks, like I'll yeah. buy it and plug it in at home and put it through an amp and play something through it and be like, "That's a song." Yeah, there boom, you there yeah, we yeah. go. Verse, chorus, verse, chorus, and there, there's a song. I'll send. I'll give it to somebody like David, uh, Roger. Can you play a bass line to this ridiculous yeah, set of yeah. notes? Like, okay, <laughs> yeah, good. Oh, that actually sounded really cool. Okay, I'm gonna keep going with that and I'll get someone to put a horn to it. Yeah, and, yeah, yeah, for sure. And it just all these songs kind of like snowballed into what they eventually ended up as, cool. but some of them are more me than other people. Some of them are more other people than me. Some of them are a little all over the place. Yeah, exactly. Is this something that will ever play live or is it just like a recording only project? People have asked about that over time. I mean, it was always just a recording only project cause it was just me alone doing stuff and yeah. then asking my friends to help out. And then, the band I was in at one point broke up and then I had this lull time of like, what am I going to do with my life? Do I want to keep playing music? Do I want to focus on what I've already done? Do I want to move on to another band, et cetera, et cetera. And people started convincing me to start doing this. And that's actually how I met David. So this all kind of cool snowballs together. Yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah, I mean, I, I I started trying to look for people to find, to play on the first album, the first album stuff. And I don't want, I didn't want to play the drums so I was looking for people, and after like six months of scouring the internet in Kijiji for drummers, this guy bought my album on Bandcamp of all places and was like, I really like your band. It's pretty sweet, and like I think my band sounds a lot like your band. <laughs> I was like, what? This is awesome. Yeah, like, yeah. After a year, someone finally bought my album again. Like, Ooh, <laughs> six bucks, sweet. And it's like, I emailed him back, and we started talking and talking, and eventually we found out that each other were from Winnipeg, and yep. we were kind of like emailing each other thinking we're emailing each other across the world or something yeah. this band that we'd met out of nowhere turns out we both are like have the same circle of friends and that's et cool cetera, et cetera, you know? that happens a lot here too i feel like that's the winnipeg just, syndrome yeah. oh, in that no, sense I, yeah. I thought i found a band the person we're talking about yeah, yeah i think people can figure that out <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. 
I thought I found a band now, like in you know Portland, yeah, or, yeah, yeah, like New York or something. Where I was like, oh, this is the best, and then. It's like some weird thing only you discovered. I, by saw, like, <laughs> yeah. I saw like yeah like the, the bottom of the Bandcamp thing. It said Winnipeg, and I was like, "How do I not know this? I yeah. have a, a radio show and a band. Yeah. Who are these people?" And like, I just I was so impressed with like the songwriting, and that's yeah, that's how this starts. Cool. Thanks. So, how do you? I mean, is it mostly people on the internet doing just that who discover this, or I mean, if you're not playing shows, how do the how do the tapes get out? Like, how do yeah. you? Yeah, for the most part, it is just people randomly stumbling across it. Maybe my friends know about it. Yeah, yeah I'll I give you. them tapes. Yeah. I don't expect them to buy tapes from me, but especially the people that are part of it. But <laughs> it's you play on this ten bucks. Yeah. <laughs> you you want to pay for this? I know you want to support. But uh, I mean, like, yeah, I mean, it's it's been mostly just random, maybe people that have come across it, or I give it to somebody, and yeah. then they give it to their friend, and I mean, I haven't sold a million copies of these things by any by any means, but I mean, it's it's mind blowing when out of nowhere you check your email and it's like, Joe Blow bought your yeah, tape yeah, or cool, whatever, yeah. send me a tape, or you know, Frank bought your digital download and yeah. blah blah blah. It's like, oh wow, like, how did you come across that? Because I'm really not promoting this in any way, so like. Yeah, that's cool. Whatever avenue you came across this on, I mean, that's... that's yeah, you're happy to get the, the listens, I guess? Yeah, I'm happy to get the listens. I'm happy people appreciate it in that sense. I mean, the people that have talked to me about it have nice things to say about it, so I can only assume the rest of the people that don't have anything to say are kind <laughs> yeah. of, like, yeah. really extremely weirded out by it. <laughs> I mean, I sent the first album away for reviews, and I got one really super positive review back from a guy named um, Cretan Rob. Oh yeah, he worked for the Winnipeg Free Press. Yeah, yeah. Uh, back in the day, and I, it was like you know, my, I had my list of places I was going to send my album out to, and it was I pressed it and folded it myself in my basement, and it's like I'm going to send it to the Free Press and the Sun and Uptown and all yeah. these places, <laughs> and I sent it away and waited like a month and didn't hear anything back, and finally out of nowhere I get this email from the Free Press from this Cretan Rob guy being like, I'm listening to my, I'm listening to your album at my desk right now, and I'm loving it. Like, yeah. What is this? Where have you been? Like, uh, the free press wants to hear this? Yeah, that's like, what, what I would expect, right? Yeah. And yeah. he's like, I'm going to put a review in the next next week's paper. I'm like, what are you talking about? <laughs> like, this can't be in the free press. Yeah, yeah. Like, <laughs> what, what do you mean? But he's been such a great support, and he's got his own cool. show on UMF. And yeah, yeah, it's a good show, actually. Yeah, really good show. He's fantastic. I mean, I've learned, learned about so many great new bands from him, and he's been such a support for me that... Uh, I mean, I can't thank him enough. I feel like his show has come up on this show a lot. I've just guests on this show talking about how much they love his show. Oh, I mean, yeah. I've been listening to his show for years. <laughs> yeah, it's been since... on for a long time, right? So that's, yeah. Yeah, he's on 15 years now, I think, this that's year crazy. or something that's like crazy. that. I mean, that's insane. Oh, I've been listening to him for probably most of that. He does great stuff. He'll play back-to-back artists or yeah, cut yeah. a song halfway through. He'll be like, actually, the... Not quite what we're going for today, and then go into another song, and like, yeah. I think he's he's a real testament to what you can do with radio. Totally, still, totally. You know, without having to, you know, pay homage to like you know, social media and stuff. You yeah. just go in, do a good show, people listen. Totally, yeah. and a, a staunch religious supporter of local music, which Definitely, is like a hundred percent commendable and awesome. I mean, he's got Ditch Pig doing his uh, ten o'clock theme lead in the the Cretan crap radio theme. It yeah. plays it every week. Every time at 10 o'clock, and that's a Winnipeg band. They're not around anymore, but he always talks about Ditch Big. He always mentions that Ditch Big playing <laughs> yeah, this song. Yeah, yeah. You know, like, he's he goes to shows. You see him just bobbing his head in the crowd. He's always there having a great time. Like, he's just a supporter. Yeah. It's, like, so rare and cool so fun. Cool to see people like that, for sure. Yeah. yeah. Need, need more. Need more. We need millions more Cretan Robs out yeah. there. Was it uh, Don Bailey of Breath Grenade said, uh, Winnipeg needs less bands and more fans? 
It's probably true. every single person in the audience is in a band. Like three bands. <laughs> yeah, 10 bands, 15 bands, whatever. Yeah. True, too. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I'm going to play a song now to go to the wrench thing. Yeah. And it's not Monkey Wrench by the Foo Fighters, but oh, it is man. called Monkey Spanner. And Spanner <laughs> in England is a, is a wrench. So it's essentially the same title. It's Sweet. by uh, Dave and Ansel Collins. I don't know if you are familiar with Dave and Ansel Collins. They had a hit called Double Barrel in 1970. And uh, basically, Ansel Collins is a uh, keyboard player. He is from Jamaica... Most of his hits were done over there. He moved to England, got kind of big over there, playing on people's records, and then eventually moved to Toronto. Hmm. Um, and Dave, who doesn't have a last name in this band for some reason, is Dave Barker. He was like a session guy, a backup singer. And they just kind of, I think, threw him onto a track, and he started just making shit up, and people liked it. So he kind of, his, his thing is, uh, on some tracks, is trying to sound like an American DJ. So he's talking in this fake American accent, because he's Jamaican, right? And like <laughs> trying to say, like, hey, everyone, you're, you know, and, and for some reason that worked. Yeah. Like, people liked it, and he's just saying all this shit. It's completely off the top of his head. It's not, it doesn't rhyme or anything half the time. It's just like, it's just off yeah, I'm the best. You're listening to the big show. You know, like, whatever. That sounds And uh, so anyway, this is their second hit. They had two hits only. And uh, this is their second hit. It came out in 1971. I think it got to, like, number 22 in the UK or something, which is pretty cool. That's huge. And it's really just, like, keyboard-driven reggae with this guy. Say, like, keyboard and vocals. That's what it sounds like. This guy kind of just... Talking on top of it and singing a little bit. So cool. Cool song, Monkey Spanner, and uh, yeah, let's check it out. This is a heavy, heavy monster sound. Hitting you smack dab right through the middle. And rip it right on. sometimes with like in in hip-hop where it's like 
oh, that's just that bip bop music, and oh, it all sounds the same, <laughs> yeah. and oh, they're just talking. Oh, and, no, I mean, reggae is one of those musics that I've never fully found that appreciation for, where you put it on and you're just like, See, yeah. I think I think the, the problem is with a lot of people not getting reggae is that it's deceptively simple. I mean, th- this is different. I don't know, deceptively this, simple. The song we just heard is, yeah. is an example of something that is just straight up simple. Hmm. Right? I mean, it's, it's me- meant to be simple. It's meant to just get people on the dance floor. It's just a guy yelling whatever like, over... Like a good reggae bass line is hard. Well, the bass is the lead instrument. Yeah. yeah and yeah, a lot yeah. of people, I don't think, get that. They're just thinking, okay, it's just the same two chords over and over again. Yeah. But the, yeah, the bass line is like, what you... I, I try to it's write... It's the solo. It's the lead. Yeah. The ba- it's all, yeah. yeah, you try to write a Sublime song or a Sub City song or like you try to get into that feeling. You're just like... Whoa, like the whole song is right here yeah. on my fingertips yeah. and I have to find a way to communicate that without playing all yeah. the time and like I guess actually in a weird way it's like kind of a two-piece mentality it's like this is the song yeah. and everything else kind of like and there's tons of spaces too in reggae I mean I mean, look at, look at dub for example right I mean yeah. that's all about spaces it's all about echoing and all about like there'll be like you know 30 seconds of space where there's just something like kind of flickering in the background <laughs> right? and it's I mean, it sounds like it would be easy to do. I just hit echo button, you know. But there's, yeah. it's, it's very like meticulous, and it's like it's thought out. Yeah. So I mean, I think that like a lot of people who think, okay, it all sounds the same. Yeah, I guess it's similar with them, especially dancehall. Which I mean, I love dancehall, but yeah, you can say a lot yeah. of dancehall stuff is the same kind of rhythm, whatever. But I mean, it's, with the live band stuff, there's there's way more going on than is necessarily obvious from the yeah. from, on the surface. So. I well, guess that's, that's maybe like a lack of understanding or appreciation for what the, the musicians themselves are even doing. Because yeah. even people would say the same thing about jazz music. They would, you, yeah. You go to see jazz and there's some crazy guy freaking out on his yeah. piano, but there's someone to the, the layman that's, eh, he's just doing whatever. Right, right. Well, that's sort of an or, or in an orchestral sense. I mean, like you have like 30 people playing the same note and you're like, oh, you can all play the same note. Yeah. But then you realize it, it's, it's interweaved into so many other things happening that, you, you know, it, it's, like, like you said, I think that's the best way to say it, deceptively yeah. simple. Yeah. Because, you know, you think you can go in there and be like, I can do that. I can play two chords. <laughs> it's like, funny, actually, how the amount of people, because, like, you know, I was in ska bands and stuff, I listen to lots of reggae, I've played reggae type stuff with other people, whatever. Like, the amount of people I know who are amazing at guitar and can't play a reggae rhythm. Right. They can't do it. And it's like, to me, that is the natural rhythm I'm thinking, just because right. I listen to so ridiculously much of it. <laughs> and, like, some people, it's like, how can you, you can, I'm, I mean, I'm a terrible guitar player. I mean, I've been in bands playing guitar, but I'm not good at it. I just kind of do whatever. But, like, guys who I'm like, wow, you should be, I want you to be in my band because you're amazing. And they can't handle, like, two chords yeah. because the beat is weird to them. It's like, the yeah. reggae test. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. And there's so many people who play it wrong, too. Like, that's the problem. I mean, it, one of the things that bugs mm. me about the reggae culture, uh, and this goes across to ska. Actually, I think I'm more talking about Scott. Yeah. Okay. Is that the people I know who are into it? That's like all they're into. Yeah. There's it's like the only thing they listen to is like Scott, Scott, Scott. I think what it is. Maybe me and the Gimme Gimme is back to Scott. I think what it is is because it's, it's this whole like lifestyle package thing, right? Yeah. It's like guys who are really into hardcore. Right. And everything they do, all they own is hoodies that say band <laughs> names in that one font, right? And like, <laughs> it's, it's the same thing. It's like Scott, it becomes your life. And I mean, it's ridiculous. Like, it's. As someone who was in a ska band back in the 90s and kind of still listens to some of it, but like kind of regrets listening to a lot of it at the time, yeah. like, my, it's my weird. It's, story yeah, yeah. was I was walking out of the zoo, the vendor, carrying yeah. like a case of beer, and some guy clipped my shoulder and just as a joke, yeah. I was like, like, because like there's context to this, but those who will get it will get it, but. This guy clipped my shoulder backs, and I turned around, and I was like, hey, man, what the hell? And they all kind of gave me this look. All five of them gave me this kind of this look of like, uh, you know, kind of like pre-apathy hipster look or whatever, right? <laughs> and I was like, what are you guys in the Barrymore's or something? 
And they were like, we are the Barrymores. <laughs> and I was like, and just like walked away. Because the thing is like, at, at that stage of my life, like circa 2000 yeah. or whatever, the Barrymores were like a tough as nail ska band who didn't take any crap from anybody. And they were notorious for like being late and playing way over their set yep. times. And like, just like being like the most badass punk versions of ska. But that's funny to me. The fact that you think you're a badass in the ska scene. So when he clipped my shoulder, I was like, ha ha, what, you think you're in the yeah. Barrymores or yeah. something? And they're like, we are the Barrymores. Yeah. I just, I can't, like, oh, I just couldn't. I was actually in the Barrymores very briefly. Here, yeah, I was like, oh. You're in the Barrymores. Very briefly. When they first started, I was, original, <laughs> I was the original bass player of that band. I was in there for like a month, and I just, it wasn't for me. You know, I heard like, horror stories of being on the road with them. And like, I never, I never even played a show with them. Like, I was just all they listened to is ska in the band. And like, mm. every band was like, oh, have you checked out this new band? And it's like, ska. I think the problem, too, is that, like, to go back to the reggae thing and tie it into what you're just saying, is a lot of people who are into ska have not even bothered to... I'm not saying those guys, because I'm sure some of them have, to, like, look back and see what it actually comes from. Mm. Ska predates reggae. And reggae, like, came right. from ska originally. It's and a big band. Well, it's, it's like Jamaican folk music mixed, mixed with the jazz they were hearing and big band stuff and R&B they were hearing yeah. from the States, because you're hearing radio stations from Florida and shit, right? Because they're in Jamaica, so close. And it's, yeah, but, but regardless of that, like, people who are into Sky are into this thing with basically punk with horns. Mm. And, like, yeah. let's be goofy. Look at us. We're wearing matching suits. Hey, guys. We're, you know? Yeah. And it's like, fuck you. <laughs> you know? <laughs> <laughs> this, is, this is not, this shouldn't even be a thing. This is a thing that should be, like, you know, comp- like compartmentalized the, at one time and place yeah. in the late 90s when no one knew anything any better. And, like, it should be well, long. It bred, a whole, <laughs> it bred a whole, like, concert series Yeah, Ska Sucks. Yeah, yeah. And that was like what the Ska scene called itself yeah. for a while. There was a local, there was a zine here about Ska in the late 90s called Ska Sucks, a yeah. Winnipeg zine. And they used to interview like Grandpa's Army and shit all the time. Yeah, they used to do shows. Yeah, 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 I remember the first time I went to a show, it was a Ska Sucks show. And uh, the headliners it was were. probably us. Uh, <laughs> were Hot Live Guys. Yeah, I, I, And I think maybe, what was that? Greg Rikus's. Uh, uh, well, yeah, yeah, uh, lacking Intelligence would have been back then. It was his band. Oh, well, okay, Lacking Intelligence yeah, then, yeah. yeah. And like they did like somersaults on yeah. the stage. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The Pookies were probably that show too, I bet. It, it was like some, some community center show. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. Uh, I got beat up. And... <laughs> <laughs> At a Scott show. Good old teenage night. Well, yeah, anyway. Yeah, a bit of a story. That's yeah. all. I feel like uh, for a while that's all there was in Winnipeg. Or at least that's what it was. Huge. Yeah, it was huge. It was massive huge for a while in Winnipeg. Yeah. Well, because it kind of like pre dates the rave scene but those kids they just went straight to the rave yeah, yeah 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 like like the, like the wristbands and the candy ravers you well know, like, it kind that of comes from ska communities in the sense that you have a uniform and it's all about your whole life Colors, is obs- yeah and, like way yeah. too many buttons and yeah. pins and yeah. way too many wristbands but then ska stopped being cool so they just kept the let's put everything on at all times yeah. and i think the thing like the thing for me is ska was the springboard to reggae and then I've never left reggae in the past like twenty years or whatever it's been since then, you know. But like a lot of people just got stuck in this third wave ska thing, which was like a really, really distinct time and mighty, place. Mighty Boston, and mm. yeah, I mean, it's like which they did really well. But that was you know clearly taking their cues from big bands versus reggae bands. The thing with the Bostons, they were around since like the eighties. Yeah, sure. they, they, they were one of the they were that, ska. They were one of the <laughs> bands that had done that thing forever, you know. But there was I mean there was like seven hundred bands that started in ninety yeah. eight and lasted till ninety nine, right? And they all had suits and they all played the exact same thing, and it was yeah. It was, it was I bullshit. Saw Il Scarlet. Yeah. That was a terrible band. They're, they're oh, on the tail end of all that. They were already at the end of it. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's like let's let's like mix Sublime and Billy yeah. Talent together. Or something. Well, you know what? Sublime is a good thing to bring up though, because I think a lot of if we're talking about this, a lot of those bands, especially nowadays, are kids who are playing something that kind of sounds like reggae, but yeah. all they've heard is Sublime. And to right. me, 
I mean, I listened to Sublime back then. Everyone did, right? To me, the thing with Sublime is that they... What's good about them is that they had amazing record collections. You yeah. listen to a Sublime thing, and once you actually start to pick up on what all the samples are, it's like, wow. holy shit, he has that Ani Kamozi record. What the fuck? You know, that's amazing. You know, like, so many different things. That's a, that's a Beastie Boys cover. That's a Grateful Dead, Dead cover. That lyrics from a Bob Marley song. That lyrics yeah. from the specials, whatever. Yeah. It's like, what they were listening to was super cool, and that band should be a gateway to make you dig deeper into all that other stuff. But, yeah, but that's all there. People are there are people who are not doing that, and they're yeah. which is I mean whatever it's fine, but like they're stuck trying to sound like a band that sounds like seventeen other bands, right. and instead of going back and and that's what the third wave Scott scene is. It's people who heard the Mighty Mighty Boston's and didn't think to go any deeper into what okay, maybe. So mm-hmm. What's your favorite? Okay, everyone here, your favorite acceptable ska band. Except Fishbone. Okay. Fishbone's incredible. Uh, but Fishbone also played funk and hardcore. Yeah, exactly. I also like, uh, uh, I like Fishbone, but that is good. That's good. I mean, I love Sublime, but if I had to say my favorite, it would be the, the Suicide Machines. That's a great band, too. Yeah. See, so, yeah, and I'm going to say uh, the Voodoo Glow Skulls. That's really great. Because, <laughs> yeah. like, they really they, they took the idea and went with it. They also had the Latin thing, too, though. They, they, mm-hmm. they had a different vibe, too, because they got songs in Spanish. And, oh, well, they, they just had a darker understanding yeah. of like what you can do. Okay, it's not like, okay, we're going to get the horns to follow the guitars and the vocals. What are we doing here? Okay, mm-hmm. let's maybe suddenly make the guitars follow the horns. And that's another thing, too, is that you, you, back when everyone was starting ska bands, it's like, who do you know who plays horns? Guys in high school bands. It's like they don't listen to ska. They're just <laughs> right? It's just like players, they're yeah. sitting there with a the music, sheet music trying to play along. Yeah. It's like, no, I mean... Like I, you know, I, I wasn't able to tell them what to do properly when I was the band because I don't know when to play music. But I was like, you know, you guys should be. I, I was thinking like, you have a saxophone. Why are you doing something amazing? Yeah, like, it's why, not are you fun just, why are you? Why are you doing the same thing as these three guys? Like, I mean, I know it was yeah. written like that by whichever other member of the band knows about music. <laughs> yeah, but, you know, like I don't know. Yeah, yeah, so the one guy who knows theory right yeah. the whole yeah, which is what happened though. We had a couple guys who were really good technically at music when yeah. I was this guy bands, and mm. they would write it, and the horns would play it off sheet music, and it was weird. You know, because every other band I've been in, it's just like you pick up an instrument, you kind of know how to play and whatever, it, make well, it happen. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just play yeah. notes yeah. until they yeah. fit, and then yeah. that's what you know, part. I'd like to tell us Sublime story. Sure, yeah, actually, yeah. That, it's, it's funny that this is going in this direction. Yeah, <laughs> yeah it's not to do with like reggae or yeah. ska anymore. It's just a Sublime story, and it actually ties into the Weaker Thans. Okay, weird. all right. But I was, li- I was living in L.A., and I brought in, uh, um, I guess, 2000 and... Maybe it was 2001, actually, I was there for. Yeah, so it was like a big to-do, you know, like y- Y2K. Yeah, 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 stuff, yeah. Right? But I was in Long Beach, and, you know, uh, Sublime is from Long Beach, and it's like everyone around there knows all the words to every yeah. song. Like, you can put on a Sublime song halfway through your very beginning, whatever it is, and like the whole place, like, like, like a chorus of, you know, just like the whole place yeah. will just start singing it. And that, that's, it's like a generational acceptance of like, oh, you found Sublime. Or someone made yeah. sure to tell you about Sublime, you know? And I just wanted to relate my favorite Sublime story of like being at a New Year's party and all of a sudden like everyone's singing, singing Santeria as if like some idiot just randomly put it on yeah. and didn't know what was about to happen. The whole <laughs> place erupts, yeah. you know? And I, I don't know, I feel like this might sound weird, but like, that's our like weaker than you know what I mean? Like everyone can sing at least one weaker than song. Oh, so Winnipeg's weaker than Winnipeg Sublime? Is that what yeah, you're yeah, 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 yeah. Weaker than Winnipeg Sublime. That's what I'm trying to say. Mm-hmm. Like, I, I just feel like everyone knows the lyrics too. They were one song. of those bands that just came along at the right time and touched a lot of people. And I mean, a lot of people oh, heard what you, what what I got or Santeria or whatever. You know, like the weirdest yeah. thing about all of that though is the dude was dead by the time exactly this happened. By, by the time, time that big album, album came out, he was already dead. I mean, oh, I, yeah. I I listened to them very briefly before that because they were on that Saturday morning cartoons 
uh, compilation. Do you guys ever hear that? Mm-hmm. It was like a bunch of bands covering old like 70s cartoon theme songs. Yeah. And they did Hong Kong Fui. And I remember I had the tape of the compilation. I was like, these guys are awesome. This is fucking great. So I looked them up. And then like two months later, it was like, hey, they have a new album coming out. Oh, hey, the guy's dead. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Exactly. And then all of a sudden, it's like... It, it was all there was. It was everywhere. It was like this is crazy. This guy just died. Like they don't they don't exist anymore. Yeah. And now they're huge. And it was like it was cool because it was like hey everyone likes this music that I just kind of randomly stumbled upon. Yeah. But like yeah it was weird. I don't know. They they're one of those bands too where I think that people hate them because they hate their fans. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Like I know there's exactly a lot of people who you mean, say yeah. sublime, but they just they hate it. They just like oh, yeah. like a visceral reaction. But I and think that that's because yeah, it's been sure. it's been tainted by pop culture. I mean like. Let's let's think like Jack jo- uh, Jack Johnson. Yeah, same yeah. thing. Like 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 very cool, but I mean like every blonde douchebag with a guitar yeah. decided to just like, well, this is how I decided yeah. to feel. Yeah, you know, and so and so it was seven hundred kind of people doing that, that yeah. pattern. Every of, like, kid is playing reggae badly. It's accessible. <laughs> yeah. But I mean, like, if we're gonna get down to brass tacks, I mean, like. It's it's say it ain't so by Weezer. I want to smash the guitar over every swinging dick that plays yeah. that song. And everyone plays it. Yeah, everyone plays it. And like they all like, and like how many times you've been at the bar and like you're just like, oh damn it, I'm yeah. just like in it again. Yeah. You know, it's it's that song. There's always those songs though, but it's it's it still is hilarious when you see somebody pick up a guitar and try and play Enter Sandman or Smells Like Teen Spirit. <laughs> yeah, or yeah, those. Yeah. Those cultural phenomena that everybody knows. And no one wants to hear again. But nobody wants to hear again, but no one cares. There, there is a specific finesse to the way that they are played, and nobody can quite copy them, so it's funny to hear. Because it always goes badly, right? Yeah, I mean, like... That, that, that's why they're great. That's what makes a great song. I mean, I don't think Big Black, for example... No one's going to pull be, an acoustic guitar to campfire. Yeah. <laughs> like, like, no one's going to you know, do that the way they Almost did. Cables and, yeah. Yeah. One of the conversations I find myself having with other uh, sound engineers is... Would records still have been made the way they were with access to the technology we have today? Right. Like, were the tones in Stevie Nicks' heads the exact tones that came out on those re- records? That's a good question. They're, they're amazing. They sound great. But were they just as close as they could get? You know? And that question plagues me because... Well, you never... There's no way... You can't go never, back. Yeah, yeah, you know what yeah. I mean? Like, like a lot... Like, take like, look, look at the band The Black Angels or Fever Feel. I mean, like, they're deliberately creating music that sounds like it was recorded... On like a 1961 compressor, a lot of people are channel mic, you know, and I think that's a really cool understanding because, you know, it's a choice. But if you look at those artists in that actual time, that's all they had. That's all they had. It wasn't a choice. You know, I think that's really cool to try to like, you know, what would they do now? That's that's the question that we're all wrong. That's actually something good to come back to. Like this weird reggae conversation is because a lot of people. I mean, there's lots of specific eras of reggae, and there's lots of bands that are trying to sound. There'll be a band trying to sound like mid '70s roots reggae. There's tons Mm -hmm. of those all over the world. The guys in like Italy and whatever, everywhere. You know, they're trying to sound like 1975, like you know, stadium reggae. Like, and (laughs) it's it's weird. It's kind of like I mean, that's cool that you like that (laughs) stuff, but why are you not? taking that as an influence and doing your own thing why are you yeah. trying to and ska bands are like the worst for that because it's you know either you're trying to sound like the specials in 1980 or you're trying to sound like the scatolites in 1965 right it's like <laughs> why don't you just sound like whatever you're you know the, whatever you are yeah, yeah with everything else you've heard why don't you, you know and bring that I don't know and it's I think that's thing that people that want to sound like the Beatles or whatever yeah it's stop there's... stop just don't do that anymore please and like <laughs> that's one of the biggest things of working with me which is another reason why I wrote the two piece very few people can work with me like I ref- I, I have a hard time acknowledging music before, like, 1977. Right. Like, I know it's good, it exists, it pigeonholes me, blah, blah, blah. Like, I love 1966 and the UK, pop music. Yeah. But in terms of, like, still honoring it, that just, like, blows my mind. You know what I mean? Like, like we had, 
and we're going back to American Hardcore. We had that coming out at the exact same time that Led Zeppelin was releasing, oh, yeah. like, you know, their Achilles album, yeah, or yeah. Uh, Achilles Last Stand. Achilles Last Stand, yeah. And it's like, let's recognize that these were happening at the same time. Like, Suicide built their first album I know, in 71 or something ridiculous yeah. like that. That's like a techno band as far as we understood at that time. Yeah, totally, totally. You know, and so it, it, it really bothers me that there's, you know, these grandfather figures that still have radio. I mean, like, it scares me on what's going to be on radio in 30 years. Totally. Is it just going to be Britney Spears and Beyonce? Or Justin it, Bieber. Or is, yeah. like, you know, is Wolf Parade and is Sabelle and Bastion and Aaron going to make it? Well, that's it? Top 40 radio. That's another monster yeah. altogether. But, so I, I, but Led Zeppelin was Top 40 radio and still is now. Yeah, it's but, true. Yeah. But, so, I mean, we still have people that are putting those bands up on pedestals and being like, these are the only bands worth listening to. These are the only bands worth pushing. Makes They're you, still popular. Makes you they will always be popular. Those stadium bands, though, were they actually bit, yeah. popular or were they being pushed? Well, that's exactly it. I mean, what, just what is what is popularity them? beyond other people saying is good? I mean, well, yeah, okay. I think that's kind of the tall tale sign then, because like I can say a Britney Spears song is good. I can say a Rihanna song is good. Sure. But does it deserve to stand the test of time, like being shone in my face as if they're all there ever was? Yeah. Hard to say. Like. Like, I've always been interested in the bands that were playing in the clubs at the same time when Zeppelin was playing yeah. at the arena down the street. Yeah, you know? yeah, like, yeah. Because I'm sure there's a lot of bands who are like, fuck those guys. Yeah, like, totally, they're, yeah. They're just a bunch of showboats. And, you know, and you read up on all these people, like, they're all session musicians. They're not real in yeah. any word of the understanding yeah. of rock and roll. You know, and I think that's where hardcore really, like, is important to understand. And yeah. that's where a lot of these things are like we're going back, you know, you understand all these things, but yeah. if you don't understand it, then like, what do you understand? Is it just what you like? And that's that, I guess we're getting to like fans. No, no, it's, it's good. It's a good, you know, you know? I, I want to give you another song because we're, this has been a really long, <laughs> yeah, but sure. the one thing I wanted to say, just because I'm thinking about it right now is about what you're saying is like, um, I'm not a fan of the Beatles. I understand why they're popular. They have maybe a half dozen songs I think are amazing. Yeah. But I'm not going to go listen to a Beatles record. I'm just, I just, I'm just not, it doesn't do as much for me. I know I, I get it, but I don't get it. You know? <laughs> and part of the reason I don't get it is because people treat them like they were like the greatest thing. Kind of like what you're saying about Led Zeppelin. Like the greatest thing ever. This is the, the, you know, everyone loves it. But then you go like, you know, a few blocks down the street and there's like someone like Ray Charles who is just killing it and yeah. doing like shit that the Beatles didn't do for 10 years later, like bringing orchestras and stuff into his music and doing this like absolutely raw and People soulful like and passionate. Chuck Berry who are doing the orchestra sound yeah. with only a seven piece. Right, exactly, right? Like yeah. They're really stretching that limit where, yeah, like, you know, the Beatles. And the Beatles and the Stones and all these bands, it's just like, it's rich just... Rich white guys, let's it's, just say it. It's just they're rich white guys, guys doing it, right? And but, they have time on their yeah. hands and that's it. And like, if you look at, I mean, Ray Charles, I'm using example because I'm a huge fan of Ray Charles. I love him. And if you compare what he was doing at the same time as all these Beatles, like groundbreaking albums, he was already doing it. Like mm-hmm. he was already doing what they were doing better and more soulful and more real and more underground, which is weird to think because he's so, you know, iconic now. Yeah. But like, fuck the Beatles, you know, like, <laughs> I don't know. I, I, you and me are a dying breed, man. Like, I don't know. Or the yeah. first, or the first though. Yeah. Anyway, we should, we should get to a song though. So which one of you guys wants to play another wrench song here? Um, well, let's do, let's do Sublime. Let's do Burritos. We've been talking about, <laughs> fits, 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 cool. we've been okay. talking about the reggae. We've been talking about how people don't like Sublime, how people love Sublime. Yeah. You know, let's, let's do Burritos. There's a little they're punk, ska. They're reggae. This is a ska song off their... That's the big off the big. This was off the self-titled. He was already dead before it even came out. Uh, Super weird. (laughs) Yeah, I mean it's it's punk. It's (laughs) yeah, yeah, it did definitely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's classic. Died at twenty-seven, just like the rest of our heroes, right?
So yeah, that was uh, Sublime, uh, as we as we talked about burritos. It's a good song. I mean, that's that's kind of like what I always looked for in. I personally liked Ska with a bit more of an edge. So, yep. like I said, Suicide Machines Suicide I really Machine liked. Great, yeah. Sublime I was really into. Um, uh, Operation Ivy? Operation Ivy, to a degree. Oh, yeah. Um, well, what am I thinking of? The Winnipeg band, though. Um, Subsidy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Fantastic. Yeah, yeah. I yeah, thought Subsidy good was live band. one of the good best. Live band, yeah, good live band. Subsidy, good all that stuff. Good albums. Great albums. Great For albums. me, the best local Ska band was always Hold Milka. <laughs> and they were only around from what, like ninety seven to ninety nine or so, or ninety ninety six to two thousand or so. I remember those but they were so good. Like yeah, that's what made me want to be in a band at all in general. Like I mean, seeing those guys live, it was like this is crazy. They have so many people on stage, and it's like, and that was not like just playing the same horn lines as the guitar. That was they were all like jazz guys, they were, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. like yeah. killer, yeah. For sure, they were they were kind of like on the way out. I feel like while like the Barrymores, oh, and, uh, that, they were already gone by the time the Barrymores. Yeah, yeah, like yeah, they were yeah. kind of like they. I think they led the yeah. way for a lot of that stuff where. When those bands came in, I think they took a lot from what they did, but they didn't necessarily expand on it. No, there was lots of there was lots of the punk with horn shit that yeah. happened like uh, at that point. So yeah, so, I mean, played... there's, there's, there's there's a market for that. People like that. I you know I liked it a bit when I was a teenager, but now I can't. Like I mean, if I hear a Real Big Fish album, I'm so embarrassed that I like that band, <laughs> and that's really rare for me. Usually, if there's something I like, I mean, like like I love Brian Adams. I've seen him live three times. I will see Brian Adams live anytime he comes here. And, like, it's ridiculous. It's Brian Adams. Like, yeah. why do I love Brian? But, I mean, I, I have no shame about it. But Real Big Fish, I'm fucking embarrassed. Like, oh, yeah. Just, like, it's, there's certain things really you own, thing. and there's certain things you are completely ashamed that you were yeah. once yeah. so immersed in. But that's one of the few things. Like, some of these third wave Scott bands are just like, what was I thinking? This is awful. See, it's, yeah. it's interesting. Like, is that recording, by the way? Should be. Yep. <laughs> it's like, it, it's interesting. It Sorry, I was just like, oh, <laughs> I haven't really checked in on that. Yeah, yeah I close my eyes. But, like, you say, uh,. You know, stuff that you go back to and you're, like, really embarrassed yeah. at, you know. That's a hard toss-up, like, for someone like me because there's a lot of metal and early hip-hop and there's a lot of top 40, like, rock, too, you know. Like, I'd be hard-pressed to answer that question, whether it's, like, corn or Our Lady Peace. Right. Because, like, who turned out to be what and how they <laughs> Which one ended be. up worse? Yeah, yeah. You know? <laughs> and, and, like, how they came to be... I'm like, you know, when it comes down to it, Our Lady Peace just writes better songs, mm. you know, because they're a band and there was no trend to it. It was like, here's a rock band standing the test of time. You know, they're just, they're at their peak and they got famous. Whereas Korn was, you know, they're really riffing off the apathy of Generation Zed. It seems like a put on, doesn't it? Like it seems like it, this is like a. We, at the time, it didn't. But at now, the time, but in retrospect, like, it yeah. does, right? Like, like all those bands, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah the yeah, retrospect, yeah. you're like, oh man, I was duped in there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What did they do to me? I bought like, an Adidas tracksuit. Yeah, like, we right. should have <laughs> seen it when Limp Bizkit came around. Yeah, right. but the thing is, Limp Bizkit because they were blatantly that. They were blatantly that. Yeah, exactly. But then you know, you get your system of downs, and you're like, oh, there's some cred to this. There's this international understanding of like the world's. Going to hell in a handbasket, yeah. and we just want lower guitars. Yeah. You know, that's all there is to it. And you know, but at the same time, we should have just stuck with the Deftones, and everything would have been all right. Mm-hmm. And the Deftones probably wouldn't have turned out shitty like they eventually did. Well, no, they're they're still great. That's our. They game. have some good albums. I think they have some I think good the albums. Are I don't know. I don't think fans were like, if you follow them from A to Z, you'll recognize why they became that way. Whereas that might be follow, true. If you follow Corn mm-hmm. from A to Z, you're like. It gets worse whoa, and worse whoa, and worse. Yeah, whoa, yeah. Whoa. Like, how did that happen? Yeah. At what point did you call? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Choose that? And I think the Deftones actually is a good example because they were doing something that 
kind of all those other bands did badly. Like they they had it kind of. Well, the first Death like, Tone album, the first two Death Tones albums, like I would honestly say, and this is really weird, but the counterpart scene wise to Sublime, like yeah, yeah, the yeah. songwriting is is there. It's just that it's it's very different sounding. Yeah, but if you were to play a Sublime album and a Death Tones album, like the first one in particular. I think you'd have to say like there's some similarities, and there. they were also distilling a bunch of other shit from different genres too yeah. into what exactly. they were doing, just like exactly. Sublime did, right? Exactly. Anyway, because we went on for like a super long time in that last segment, <laughs> I want to kind of speed things up a bit. Um, tapes, tapes are awesome. I've listened. I never stopped listening to tapes, but tapes are a thing again now, all of a sudden, which is cool, I guess. Yeah. Like, what? Why? Why tapes? Just because you guys like tapes too? Is that really? Or is there? Is it like a? Uh, we love tapes. Yeah, like, we I mean, love like, tapes. I have a tape player. I have a Technics tape player upstairs that I love. Uh, we listen to tapes. There's so much atmosphere in tapes. Yeah, like there's so much. Um, it's like a record. You know, you have to stand up and change the side. Yeah. It's interactive. Um, it's tactile it, element too, where you're turning it and you're winding the tape if it gets loose. And yeah, yeah. You're, yeah, you're interacting with it in a way that isn't like, oh, is it scratched? This sucks. You know, because like I grew up on CDs and yeah, I yeah. waste the money. And sure, they were cool because you'd skip tracks. But I mean, like a, a good recording and a good uh, tape player would be able to find oh, yeah. the, yeah. the yeah. soft spots. Well, there's even those crazy tape players eventually that came out with, that would like would stop themselves between tracks yeah, and yeah, stuff yeah, like yeah. that. They'd they just press fast forward and they would find that yeah, spot find, yeah, and stop. Yeah. And, and they would like, automatically reverse the next side yeah, and stuff. Yeah. It was crazy. Yeah. It, it eventually got crazy, but yeah. I mean, there's something... Oh, they're cheap. Let's just say it. Like, that is, yeah, yeah. Super that's, cheap to me. For bands to put out stuff, it's still like the cheapest way, right? It's like the, that's what it comes down to for Because no one wants a CDR. CDR is probably the cheapest way. But, but no, but CDRs It's not even cheaper suck. than the CDRs. CDRs are... Well, I guess more. nowadays you can't even find them. It's just like DVDRs and stuff, right? I mean, it's also very romantic. I mean, my experience, you hand someone a mixtape or a playlist or even a USB stick with like written yeah. pen and paper on it, it's interpreted a lot differently. Oh, yeah. And if you just give them a USB stick with some songs. Or give them a download code or whatever. Or a download yeah. code. Or yeah. whatever. You know, you hand them something and they're like, wow, this is like on purpose. You did something, yeah. For me. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You know, like yeah. it wasn't just designed arbitrarily. And, I don't know, it's, it's not even a fad. I don't even think tapes have gone or come back. They've just always been. It does seem like it's more of a... Th- like more. Okay, it seems like people who didn't grow up on tapes are now putting with tapes. Because, I mean, I listened to tapes as a kid and then eventually CDs, and then, but I, I never stopped. Yeah. And I think there's tons of people who... Like, you guys probably same thing. You always like tapes. You never. You probably used to have still have tons of tapes from back, you know. But now there's kids who are like 20 and they were born... Tapes were already well out of stores mm-hmm. and now yeah. they're doing tapes. I think that's the difference is that these bands are doing it and yeah. it's like a novelty almost for them. Like, they, oh, cassette tape, you know? Yeah. Like, Grandpa has... One. <laughs> well, One of weird uncles yeah, yeah. uses the cassette <laughs> yeah, yeah. tape. And that, that's a weird thing too because like cassettes are such high fidelity when they're done yeah. right. I mean, like a lot of cassettes that are being put out these days, it's because they're cheap and they're novel and whatever it is. And you don't get anywhere close to like that... Really like you know like that really streamlined with like magnetized tape sound. Yeah, yeah. Because like you know when CDs are first coming out, you know it'd be like you know the CD and the cassette side by side. And yep. There was no like this one's better than the other. No, it was just, just which player do you have? Yeah, yeah, which yeah, format yeah. do you have? Yeah. VHS or beta? And, yeah, totally, yeah, And I feel like that's the part that's been lost. You know, and I think and I think that's the part that makes it more romantic for bands like ours because. We know we're not going to get that high fidelity on tape, and so we're showcasing ourselves in a way that's really honest. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, yeah. I think some people, like you know, top four years would be like, "Well, it's like detrimental," but it's really honest because it just it makes the point gets across in a format that works. Yeah, it sounds good, and it's not. It's portable too. It isn't. Yeah. Well, yeah, I think the two of my favorite 
prizes I've ever given someone, or not prizes, just gifts, was like, here's a mixtape. Yeah. And they're like, I don't have anything to play it with. Yeah. Like, okay, so you go out and you go to Battle of Legends, like, you buy them a $6 Walkman, and you yeah. give them a Walkman. And then they start listening to tapes. Yeah, and it's yeah, like, yeah, yeah. this is weird, and they plug it into their stereo with a little quarter, like yeah. an eight, eighth-inch jack. Yeah. It's another format. Um, I was having a conversation with a couple of people about uh, pirating. Because, you know, yep. like, uh, kick ass torrents, you have to have a password now, right? Or right, right, right. And yeah, yeah, and a lot of people are a lot in a lot of countries, like torrenting sites in general, are getting blocked on computers and shit. Yeah, yeah, everything's mm-hmm. getting blocked. Yeah. And you know, like the idea of pirating and how, it, like, uh, you know, the idea came up that mixtapes were the first real pirate, yeah, home taping is killing music, right? Like home that, taping yeah. is killing music, and uh, it was, oh, what was it, maybe Jeremy Kidiak of UMFM, but. He was like, man, like pirating has been going on way before cassettes. I was like, well, what do you mean? And he's like, well, people used to buy the latest Black Sabbath threat record, you know, put it face down and oh, and yeah, actually, vinyl, yeah, 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 and then pull it out, peel it off, and then pour vinyl yeah. into that mold, and you get side one. Yeah, and then you do that on the other side. It's crazy side too, yeah. and it would sound yeah. not as good. But I mean, like. The moral of the story is that if people want it, they will get it. Oh, yeah, no matter what. They yeah. will not pay if they do not want to. Yeah. Yeah. You know, there's always a way around it. So whether we release it on download, cassette, CD, USB stick, time capsule. Whatever, yeah. Real to real. Whatever it is, someone's going to be like, there's another way. Yeah. And I think like that's one of the attractive parts about tapes is like, well, this is the other way and we like it. Yeah. And if you want to copy it, you just... Put it in your double cassette deck and just do it. Yeah, that's, yeah. yeah. Well, that's kind that of a joke all along. Yeah. Cassettes were one of the most easiest to duplicate things yeah. in the world. It's like, oh, this little nub is pulled off my tape. Oh, what do I do? Yeah. It's ruined. For- oh no, you put tape, tape over top. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, there you, you can record it for a hundred yeah. friends. Yeah. Like, yeah. So and funny. you would do that. And you would exactly. Yeah. Your your friend heard you playing the new Aerosmith album or fucking Guns N' Roses Copy or something. Years and blank, yeah. They're like, man, I want that. That song has swears in it. Give me that. Yeah, my exactly. mom won't let me buy that album or whatever. So you make. You make a friend, you make a copy of a tape for your friend, and you're a god to them. And then that guy makes a copy for his other friend, and everyone gets deteriorated. Exactly. Oh, but he's still, yeah. he's still awesome. But you he's get still... like that sixth copy, and you're like, this is the best one. Yeah, it's yeah. so warm. Yeah, that's yeah. the friggin' beauty of it, though, that people of a different generation are never going to understand that once you got that sixth generation copy of a Metallica tape from yeah. your friend, or that eighth generation copy of a horror movie from your friend, yeah, right. when you heard or saw that, that grainy, that distorted, like that. Yeah. that was the epitome of it. Yeah. That and you watch it now. Though if it's a movie, you watch it now on Netflix or whatever. It's not even close. No. It's like what? what something's yeah. missing here. Or you watch that same copy and you're like, how the hell did I think this was? Cool? Right, because you're used <laughs> to seeing high definition <laughs> so now. So yeah. grainy yeah. and yeah. so bad, or not no, even not, no. not, not even like high definition. I love just it. Just like regular standard definition. Well, I guess Matt still has enough aficionado for. It. I cannot get past that kind of stuff. No, I love it still to this day it's, for sure. It kind of suits the midnight review thing. Right? Oh, for sure. It's it's my aesthetic. It's my vibe. I mean. I watch old VHS movies, and that's still the tits to me. That's that's great. I mean, Did you have Jurassic you... Park on VHS? Oh, screw that! No. Well, then that's not a complete. Collection. Jurassic Park is not not worthy. I would of want my to watch Jurassic Park. For you know, a few this is like maybe six or seven years ago now. I was trying to find Jurassic Park to rent when there was still video rental stores, and it wasn't there. No one had it. And I was like, "What do you mean?" No dra-? I was like, "I want to see this movie. It's been ten years or whatever. How do you not have Jurassic? I have all the movies. Like, it seems like it would be everywhere just because yeah. it's so big. It didn't yeah, have it." But anyway, I want to play a song because we got to get this going here. It's, uh, All right. People are probably tuning out. We're not done yet, but I'm going to play uh, one of the first things I thought of with Wrench was, like you guys have said before, do you throw your wrench in the works? And another word for that is sabotage. So I want to play the Beastie Boys. Oh, yeah. It's in the sabotage.
All right, so yeah, that was, that was Sabotage. I mean, it fits the wrench theme, right? I mean, good song. I saw a video of them on YouTube playing it on some TV show, like, at the time. It's so cool. It's so cool that that was a single and that that was, like, mainstream, like, top 40 radio. Because yeah. right? it's just so punk. Like, it's, yeah. I mean... Well, like, it's just screaming and like you know, kind of really rough sounding guitars and stuff. Well, it's like not... they play it too. Yeah, and they're not they're not that good at their instruments, <laughs> which is the best part of the Beastie Boys. Like, I don't know, they're, they're pretty good at what they do. Well, I mean, what they, what I they think... do is great, but I mean, they're like technically right. I mean, they're they're just pretty simple or whatever. I think a lot of people don't know that the Beastie Boys started out as a punk. Band. I think they know. That's they true. just yeah. I understand them as like that hello nasty band or whatever and well they they were actually were a punk band before they were even a rap band and then they were a rap band that was using samples before they were really like a huge cool oh yeah they were super huge and pioneering that's like i mean paul's boutique had like something like 1200 samples on the album or something like that before it would never ever happen today because nothing would clear but no kidding i love their punk stuff i think it's like i mean the punk stuff with the rapping on top too is so cool yes and the fact that like you said i mean uh like heart attack man or sabotage or something like that for living like all that stuff they're playing their instruments as they're playing that song and screaming and, and rapping screaming, over top yeah, over it's, it yeah, 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 yeah i mean it's yeah, ridiculous yeah. it's it's but nothing I mean, if you like look nowadays at punk and folk and hip-hop they all share a very similar understanding of a rep like a repetition with a story being told yeah you know like yeah. let's cut the crap and just like focus on the words yeah which is yeah and that's yeah totally that's all it is totally so i'm here with both members of vampires and the man behind midnight review presents mm. and you're listening to which Beast radio uh you probably know this already because you've been listening to this brand for the past hour or whatever <laughs> but if you want to hear more episodes of this show go to which uh click on podcast and all 100 and probably 30 something now by this point uh they're all there for free download and streaming uh you can hear us on monday nights at 11 on 11.5 umfm and those are episodes from a couple months older so it's like a second chance to to hear them and we're on Facebook and Twitter and all that stuff. And also part of the Garbage Hill Podcast Network, oh, yeah. which is just basically a way to find... Uh, you can go to the website, garbagehillnetwork.com, and there's now 10 or 11 shows, I think. It's people doing all different kinds of... This, basically... Okay. Are they all Winnipeg? Or? All Winnipeg, yeah. doing this thing, essentially, on different topics. Like, there's a comic book show, there's a hockey show, there's the video game stuff, there's pop culture stuff, there's whatever. I mean, there's, like, a really wide range of things, and it keeps growing. And it doesn't make any money. The whole point of it is just to get people yeah. listening and, and doing this too because it's fun to do and it's you know mm, so. but yeah so where can people go if they want to find your music I mean both Vampires and MRP um, Midnight Review Presents is available online just like most other things these days um, it's a unique domain name so Midnight Review Presents and then anything Facebook Bandcamp Twitter yeah baby cool and vampires vampires not so easy to find <laughs> well yeah it's a kind of a common word depends right? who you're looking for really uh we use the monkeyer vampires like you yeah, yeah. on all of our social media because we're like you and we like you um not our band name alberta um that ended up on a poster or something uh we've been introduced as the anyway <laughs> Yeah, so yeah, uh, Vampires Band at bandcap.com, Vampires Like You, Facebook, Vampires Like You, Instagram, Twitter, all that good stuff, uh, SoundCloud. Um, the most important way to connect with us, though, is to come to our shows. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Cool. Okay, well, yeah, I mean, this is going to be coming out a little while later after we recorded it, so... Because we'll be going to Sled Island. But you guys, yeah, be doing that. Exactly. Yeah. Before that, we're playing in Winnipeg with Big Brave and McCambia. Maca. Mia Camia. Maya Camia. Yeah. You guys play fairly regularly. I mean, I, see, I feel like I see... I try to get on the show once a month. Yeah. yeah. So, you're, I mean, you're, you, people can find you in Winnipeg. At yeah. least they can. We play regularly, yeah. 
this has been the largest break I think since we've played a month. No, we played two weeks ago, didn't we? Before that as well, I guess. Yeah. Yeah, we're working on things we that played. are going to be done by the time this airs. So cool. Like, we played bands as bands a couple weeks ago. Yeah, that was really fun. Yeah, that was great. Hopefully. Basically, <laughs> I'll sum it up with this. All right. Thanks. I like to play. Sounds good. So we got one song left to go out on, and you said you had something funny. No, it's it's Not funny, funny in the sense that like as if like this is the last song. Okay. I felt like right. maybe like halfway of the episode we'd be like, oh, that's, that's a weird choice. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so the other theme is wrench, yep. and I was thinking of like wrenching, like wrenching your guts out. Okay. <laughs> um, and whenever my brother threw house parties uh, at my parents' house. I would stay there because, you know, whatever. And there'd be all these, like, 15-year-old kids, like, sprawled out throughout the couches. And like, and so I used to crank this song to get them to leave. Uh, it makes me want to wrench my guts out. I thought it would them, too. So that's why I put it on. Uh, it's The Driller by Wolf Eyes. Okay. Let's check it out. Thanks for having me here. And uh, here's some Wolf Eyes. Thanks, Sam. Thanks, Sammy.